Welcome to episode 14 of Dirt Stories. Thanks for tuning back in. I'm Becca Grieb, and today I'm chatting with Brian Wixon. Brian works as a manager at Equipment Exchange in heavy equipment auctions. It's probably safe to say that Brian knows more about equipment than most people, but he also has a very unique role in social media. So we're gonna dive into it today with him to chat about the construction industry, equipment in general, and how social media is playing a role in his business. Let's dive in. How are you doing? You're in Boston? I just went to Boston, about 30 minutes north of Boston. Okay, okay. How's everything going over there? Oh, everything's going great. I'm taking advantage of the situation. I mean, the traffic is uh, in my favor, so. You know, yeah. Things are all right. I'm able to come in and out of the city pretty, pretty easily now. So. Yeah. What does work look like right now? Are you working uh, like uh, virtually remote? And... I mean, everybody's basically busy in the city. Um, a lot of jobs are still kind of on hold. But, you know, people are starting to trip up a little bit. I see, you know, as far as retail, you know, that, that, that's getting pretty ugly. That's why I kind of focus on the demolition market because I think, you know, with the inefficiencies and the structures that are already existing that, you know, theoretically the outfit in the next, you know, five to ten years is going to be, you know, all demolition work before mm -hmm. it's covered. So mm -hmm. that helps out a lot. The infrastructure in Boston is pretty rough. Great. So, so I want to dive in a little bit. First of all, thank you for joining us. We're super excited to chat with you today uh, and hear your dirt story. I know we've been following you on social media, so we wanted to kind of put a face to the, the Instagram handle and hear a little bit about uh, your experience in the industry and with construction. So my understanding is you're currently a manager at Equipment Exchange. Um, I wanted to just kind of get a baseline to get us started. Can you tell me a little bit about the company and your role? So I have an auctioneer's license in New Hampshire. Um, I came from the dirt business uh, from my father and uncle that was started in the early 70s. Um, and through the, the last recession, I made a lot of contacts and sold a lot of the assets. So that's kind of where I got a lot of my knowledge and the network on how to you know, buy and sell equipment. Um, from there, things have kind of festered into actually taking on and making a company out of it, another company out of it. So. Um, you know, I've already, I've already established that it was originally set up to just do online auctions. I knew at some point in time that the market would shift to where we are today, you know, it's basically just a virtual new virtual world. So I kind of focused on that way before it's time. So I get into e-commerce and whatnot. Um, as far as the auction business goes, it's tough. The Northeast is probably the worst place to run an auction. It's uh, tough logistically. And it you know holds numbers back. Um, that's why I've worked you know relentlessly to really just build the network around the world so that you know if if things were you know sour somewhere they were uplifting in another. So you just kind of move stuff throughout the world and throughout the the network um, throughout that way. But that's originally what the business was set up for. Um, mm -hmm. The first <laughs> I I mean I you're gonna laugh at how I started it. I just bought, I had these old accounts at all these old, these online auctions before they were really like what they are today and were bought out, and, you know, now monopolized, but um, they sat in limbo for a long time. 
and you know, I watched them progress and progress and progress. So I was able to kind of grow with them on their platform and understand them more than most. Nice. So that, you know, that helped out a lot. And uh, when I decided to make a business out of it, the first, the first thing I did, I bought just this small piece of equipment on an online auction on a holiday weekend. No one was paying attention. I paid <laughs> for it and I bought it. And uh, I actually sold it to a guy out in the Midwest and made a substantial amount of money on it and started the business off of it. So it was just within a two or three week period. And then paid for auction school, the website, basically everything, any, any upfront cost. So. Wow. What a start. Yeah. <laughs> just to dive right in. So, you know, from there, you know, I went, after I got the auctioneer's license, um, you know, by law, by right, New Hampshire has the strictest auctioneer laws, auction laws in the nation. They're all backed on New Hampshire common law. So, you know, everything's kind of politically drawn through New Hampshire anyways. So it's nice to know the laws and, you know, then you can evaluate stuff and appraise stuff. And, you know, that helps out as well. Um, mm -hmm. But it allows me to broker stuff legally as well. So, you know, that helps out a lot. I was doing a lot of that. Um, but, you know, the market swings like so drastically. I mean, now it's just everything has been commoditized. So, you know, having like a 336 has its own commodity now, its own market. You know, everything's like segregated in different markets. So it's like watching the stock market to me. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of, I really, that stuff really, you know, quirks me out. I just, it's, it's just like such a direct market now because it's nice. So, you know, there's evaluation tools I use, you know, they're based off algorithms. So that changes things. You know, most of the guys in the market, they don't even know what an algorithm is. So it's kind of, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's my favorite because I came from the business, you know, and I know how to appraise stuff backwards and forwards, you know. So I want to touch on that for a second about your background, because auctioning equipment, before we dive into that in more detail, that's a pretty, um, it's a pretty niche area to, to work in. And it's, you have to have a specific kind of skill set to get there. So can you um, just back up a little bit and tell our listeners about how you got into construction in the first place. How do, how do you get from, from starting in construction to being having an auctioneer's license? So my uncle imported or bought one of the first like 200 series excavators. Actually, it was a Kato, I believe, before that in like the early 70s and is in his early 30s and became a self-made winner rapidly because of it. So well, that's always fascinating for me as to why I'm so fascinated by where we are today from where we came from because I grew up in that era. It's not like I just started in this, you know, within the last 10 years, you'd have to, to have that different sort of a grasp on things is, you know, to watch evolution that far is, is more in depth than a lot of people in the field today. You know, a lot of the guys that I grew up with are either you know, retired or passed along now. So, you know, it's right. been, I was into it, you know, at five years old. I learned how to work on trucks and do brake jobs. And, you know, from the right. ground up, my job was painting rims. So, <laughs> so yeah, what? I mean, it's, it's coming. Well, so to transfer out of that into an auction business is because of the, the last recession. You know, I, I had to, we had to liquidate a lot of assets and move, you know, money around and, and you know, kind of articulate around the last recession, which brought me to where I am today. So, you know, we live in this very pass-through pass -through entity-based market now where if you're not flipping in and out of equipment 
per specific, per job, per piece of equipment, then it's very hard for you to retain any money, you know? And so I've kind of, you know, there's, there's some younger guys in the, in the business now that I help out a lot and I, I change their mindset on getting into, you know, just because you buy that excavator doesn't mean you're going to, you know, die with it. You know, you've got to be very passed through and, you know, specific per job because at the end of the day, you know, you kind of look at it like you're an investor, not so much of a, you know, construction. Right. Owner. That's that, that old mentality just doesn't work anymore. Right. So what about equipment specifically was intriguing to you? Uh, the evolution of it, you know, now we're integrating so much technology into it. So I've kind of focused on, you know, back out of the auctions, so to speak, end of it, because it's such a commodity that it, it almost one complements the other because, you know, I could have somebody call me and say, hey, listen, I need this, but I have this. So it allows me to give a backdoor to get rid of stuff and then into something newer, mm -hmm. you know, job. Because now it's, you know, to have a huge fleet of equipment today is not, it doesn't mean you're going to get the work. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It doesn't mean, right. very, you know, it's just like Uber doesn't own any cars and, you know, mm -hmm. doesn't own any houses, you know. So take a step back and into the technology end of it and look at it from an investment standpoint and uh, trying to take it from there because that's, you know, ultimately where we're headed, you know. So... And the other thing too is, you know, you look at where, where we are headed and I think we're headed towards, you know, basically an Uber based economy with equipment as well. I mean, we're already basically there, but um, it's a lot of the big engineering firms and, and contracting firms are starting to all self perform. So it's pushing from what I see the smaller contractors around pretty hard. Mm -hmm. you know, they're leasing the equipment. They're just, you know, hiring union labor. And it's just specific per job, per person, per contract. And that's it. There is no right. you know, of it. I actually saw this coming like four years ago and I had this big app all fixated in my head that, you know, was iOperateApp.com. And it was like a human resource for operators to go on and have some sort of like uh, either a LinkedIn integration or a Facebook integration and, you know, be able to be hired off of this platform but it was offering, you know, human resources as well. Right. Saw that swing in the market where, you know, just, I mean, back, back in 08, when things got tough, you know, it was hard to retain employees. I mean, how do you, you, you just, the cash flow wasn't there and, you know, no one knew what direction we're headed in and we're headed, you know, we're there now. So it, mm -hmm. it's tough. I see these guys get thrown around pretty hard and, you know, a lot of the market's been monopolized too by bigger engineering firms and contracting firms. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that's a good point. So you've had a couple roles in, in construction. Then you worked, uh, you've worked as a project estimator, everything. <laughs> yeah, I left no stone unturned the last 10 years. <laughs> Do you have any roles that have stood out to you or have been crucial to where your career is now? Yeah. So forget like the equipment, the money that just the people, I mean, I have met some characters in this business, specifically the auction business. Everybody has some sort of articulated deal or network or a little niche market. Or, and it's, it's very interesting as you move throughout the world and throughout the country that, you know, these little, everybody's got this little deal. And it's like, well, what, what's this guy's deal? The whole tech deal. And it's, it's always, it's very interesting. You meet a lot of people in the way they 
operate in business and in in life and you you know you really pick up all these different aspects and perspectives on you know the same business so it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting um that's that's what i like about it the most i love that that you've just you've just taken a dive into everything and you've taken on every role you know the ins and outs of the industry yeah i mean one of the most probably as far as like the rental platform goes i the industry goes is i i worked at a crane yard for a while because i wanted to see how basically a big publicly traded company operated at that level mm-hmm. it was interesting because you know corporate was always fighting with the guy you know the employees and it was always just this big so you know i had this theory on this idea one time it's like you know go and invest in the company and then go in as an investor and don't go as an employee mm-hmm. if you want more of a say in the company you know and you know i mean, never thought of that you know so there's there's uh it's interesting to see you know where we're headed but it's like i said it's it's from my aspect, I never liked the dirt business. That's where I came from. You know, my father and my uncle. I didn't never. It doesn't fit my personality. I don't like it. I always feel like a waiting, <laughs> waiting on. You know, there's so much red tape involved now that it's just kind of the fun is out of it. You know, for me, it's just I was over it like five, maybe ten years ago. Yeah. So yep. the demolition business is a little different. The equipment's very specific. I like it. Everything is a challenge. Um, the equipment stays, you know, it's probably relatively the same around around the world. So that helps out as well. It's not like dirt, you know, where you're dealing with this concentration of rock in one area and sand in another. So the equipment changes. It's demolition is kind of just demolition. Mm-hmm. So. so on that note, I love asking people this in our interviews because everyone has such a specific answer. What what is your favorite piece of equipment? And I guess I mean favorite, just what do you like operating? What do you like using? Or auction, when it comes to auctions, what piece of equipment has the most value for you, not just financially and, and why? Um, financially in, as far as interesting, it, the excavator by far. Just the evolution of it, because I was able to see it at such a young age progress to what it is today. Mm-hmm. But, it's definitely like an extension of your body you know it's it's very integrated and it's headed in a very integrated way with you know ai and and you know cloud-based computing and i see what's you know what's headed where it's headed yeah lots of new tech advancements there i mean i love playing with high reaches they are you know cool they just very intricate pieces of equipment (laughs) you know so and that you know the robotics is definitely just starting to just implement Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. advancements for sure. To be honest with you, I know where things are headed, and I know where the technology is kind of already stands. And the switch could be like overnight, but it, it would create such a market shift that you could they couldn't do it. You know, the market you know, the manufacturers would it would decimate the market. So it's just like this integrated, you know, incremental integration of robotics. Yeah. Nice. This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, the world's first heavy equipment rental e-commerce solution. Search equipment rentals online anytime at dozer.com. I want to dive into auctioning equipment because there's a lot there. And our, the listeners um, of this podcast range from tech enthusiasts to those working in construction 
I know me personally, I don't know a lot about um, equipment auctions. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about, um, maybe start with, so you have your auctioneer's license. What does that mean? Um, and then equipment auctions in general, how does it work? So to hold an auctioneer's license means you be licensed and bonded within the state of your license. So I can take an asset of somebody else's and sell it. Um, that's basically what it. Okay, great. You, um, without without having any, and it's, if you you can sell, the law stipulates that you can sell and ask of somebody else's as long as you don't take possession or the funds on directly towards you. So with, with the auctioneer's license, I'm able to take an asset and the funds could be dispersed to me directly. So that's the difference. Okay. And then auctions, how do they work? How do they work? So it's basically, like I said, I was saying earlier that it's basically a commodity. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that in the big picture, it's based off of foreign exchange. You know, when you get a lot of foreign buyers um, globally, you know, a lot of these guys are just changing money for money and money for asset, you know. So, you know, if you've got, you know, a tall dollar in a, in a, in a weak euro or, you know, these guys are always buying and selling and just based on, you know, currencies, not so much equipment. And then they can integrate, you know, supply and demand within that. So it, like, it essentially is like, it's like watching a stock market. Right. When you do online auctions and that's kind of where when you see somebody that into somebody's head, they kind of change the directions. They, well, I never really thought of it like that, you know, but that's realistically what it is today. You know, right. So live. Um, and, you know, mark, you know, prices could be up, down, and that reflects upon, you know, foreign policy or currency exchanges and politics and you know it's it's very influenced by those things like yeah there's a lot that goes into that yep so so you work in auctioning at equipment exchange it probably gives you a unique perspective into equipment that people even working in the industry don't have right so i i mean a lot of the stuff i don't even list i don't i don't try to run too many auctions because the numbers are just like logistically it's tough. So, you know, I use the network, you know, it's definitely more of a networking tool than anything. Mm -hmm. um, with, move things around, but um, it allows me, like I said, to, you know, I can appraise stuff and, and take an asset in and, right. you know, steer somebody in the right direction. And it gives me this, you know, backdoor exit to just say, Hey, listen, like we, you know, this thing's got to go. So mm -hmm. okay, it allows me to give another platform. Right. Something you've been touching on a little bit in this conversation that I want to go back to is technology. You've been talking about watching equipment evolve, the role that tech plays in the equipment as it's evolving and, and now how it's helping businesses to be more efficient. Um, how could new tech like artificial intelligence and robotics and construction impact this side of heavy equipment? And what do you think maybe what people look for when they're buying and selling heavy equipment? In general, it's a loaded question. Hit you with yeah. the hard ones. I know where do you start, <laughs> right? But um, as far as well, it's it's very market specific. I mean, you could dive in as deep as far you know as far as like caterpillars specifically. Their you know their relationship with NASA. I mean, to go into agriculture, you know that whole sector is its own entity i suppose it, you know there's there's so many different aspects of it but to stick step into the just the dirt 
business alone, you know, a lot of that um, technology was based off of, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that most people don't understand. You know, it's, uh, I don't know how you want to approach that. Um, yeah. Artificial intelligence. Is, right. So I guess, I guess the best way for me to explain it would be to give like a case study, you know, I was on a job years ago and they were giving me this little beacon, this asset tracker. And, you know, the most typical blue collar guy wouldn't, wouldn't question that. And, and I did, I wouldn't wear it. And it's like, well, it's for your safety. And I said, no, I don't think it's for my safety. I think, you know, you guys are aggregating data. So I'm bringing value back to the job site and you're getting an insurance deduction on it. You know, and that guy was like, what do you mean by that? I was like, you're not doing this for nothing. You know, at the end of the day, you're aggregating data, which the construction equipment industry is trending like the truck industry. So back in the day, the truck industry, they lobbied for an ELD mandate. Well, people don't realize that from what I found in my studies is that the ELD mandate was lobbied by, you know, other the trucking companies, you know, manufacturers rather. And what they did was they lobbied this mandate that you had to use this ELD and then this aggregated all this data and they're basically writing the software off of this aggregated data that these people, you know, have, have aggregated since this policy change. Mm-hmm. So kind of where politics kind of takes over. And I see it doing the same thing with the construction industry. It's like, where is the data going? Who's managing it? And, and what's, what are they doing with it? And, you know, from a contractor standpoint, that kind of takes back, um, you know, who's got a, a grip hold on your own business. You know what I mean? So. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Anyways, just landscaping in the background. It's summertime. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, it's like, well, who's managing this data? And and a lot of the guys in this business don't understand the importance of that. And you know, I questioned some bigger contractors when they were leasing, you know, all brand new equipment. You know, where are you? Is that creating a, a level playing field for a smaller contractor to move up in the business? If you know they're using this data directly back for one contractor over another you know mm-hmm. so it, it gets a little a little questionable there and you know i see the trucking industry headed towards that bit you know that it, it's, it's already been there and the equipment industry is basically headed in the same direction you know so it, it's it's mm-hmm. i see a lot more than a lot of other people do you know most people just dismiss a lot of it but i don't so that that part you know is tough if you're just in the contracting end of things because now you're dealing with these huge self-performing either engineering firms or contracting firms that's right so how do you how do you move up if you're a small contractor and compete with that Mm -hmm. so so i want to talk that's really interesting i want to stay on the tech subject but i want to dive a little bit into social media Um, we follow you on social media. Um, I, it's funny after you saying excavator, I'm thinking, well, of course it's excavator. I've seen a lot of excavator photos on your Instagram. Um, so, so T wick will share your, uh, your handle when we, uh, when we share the podcast as well, but you have a pretty solid presence both on Instagram and TikTok. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in social media and what that journey has been like for you. Sure. Is that, is that thing bothering you? Nope. You're totally good. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 
I mean, I've always done the work first. I hate talking about myself. I don't like taking pictures of myself. I just do the work. Yes, the work will always speak for itself. So with me being able to just post pictures of it, it was just a great way for me to just express this, hey, like this is what we do. This is what I do. And this is what I've done. So it, it's, it's taken away the, the personal aspect and just throwing it out there as, you know, this is, this is my work, you know. So I've, had, I've been able to just express it that way without having to, you know, dive too deep into personal things. And I think it's a great way to, a great tool and a great way. And it's built me a very great network. Um, it, you know, you, whatever you put out there is what, it, what you're going to attract. So, you know, the, the amount of direct messages I get every day is, you know, substantial for, you know, for what I put out there. You know, it's attracting those type of things. So I think, you know, social media is a great tool for that. Tell me a little bit about how you use social media. Because it kind of seems like you're just, you're on the go. You're taking photos as you're working and you're posting I and you're getting... Everywhere. I mean, <laughs> before this whole Corona thing, I was traveling, you know, every other week. I had to keep moving. It was like... So, yeah. So I, you know, just like... Um, you know, I got a phone call like two years ago to to send a machine over to the to the Virgin Islands for basically an investment firm and some celebrities that live over there. And yeah, I can send you the machine and you know send the machine. Are you gonna show us how to use it? <laughs> well, that wasn't part of the deal, but I'll book a ticket right now. Let's go. So here we go. We pack a bag and we go out there and you know I show them what to do with it, how to use it. I've sold them stuff since and. Uh, you know, I've taken pictures a whole long way, you know, and, and now I have a network there. You know, the same thing with Texas and Florida. And I mean, just, I mean, the amount of phone calls, New Jersey, New York, Wisconsin, it's just, it's everywhere now. It's not just one, one place, you know. So and I have some relatives over in Europe, so they're the, the same thing. So I kind of use that network as well. So, yeah, it's just, it, it creates and attracts this network. Of, of just, you know, moving around, seeing how different people do different things with different pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. So there's so much in here with social media. I feel like this, we could talk about this all day. So tell me about TikTok. I've been, I've, I watch TikTok videos. I have to admit I'm a little bit of a passive user. What has your experience been like using it? TikTok is great because you could just post a video and then, backlog it and it'll just connect all to your all of the other social media apps so i like to use it specific for you know trending videos or trending music and then just reshare it backwards to instagram and uh other other social media platforms so it's great for that and uh at first i was kind of against it. i thought it was kind of just you know for younger generation and i watched a uh, a video a gary v video and he said listen tiktok <laughs> Is going to be like owning real estate in Long Island, New York, like said in like 1858. Boom, I'm on it. <laughs> TikTok. If Gary V is saying that, there's some sort of value. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I put a couple other people onto it and they don't really get it at first. And, you know, there's some tricks to it to really grow a presence. But it's, you know, it's as far as followers go, I mean, I think I've, you know, it's, it's worked at. I don't know. It's the algorithm is way better than Instagram ever thought about being. So yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely something. It's it's a great tool. Definitely. Mm -hmm. 
Are you finding that people in the construction industry are using social media, especially, I'm curious, especially about TikTok, um, like for their businesses? Um, I do. Um, but I, I don't find that too many other people are. It's, it's funny because I think the, uh, the trucking industry, believe it or not, is using it a lot, lot more than, than the construction industry. There's a ton of, of truck stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of found that interesting, and I just actually put one of my buddies on there that's in the recycling business. So he's he's uh he's now a oh, okay for you. So he's he's doing good. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. I remember when Facebook, you know, started. It wasn't a business tool at all. It was just people sharing photos and interacting. And now, you know, it's one of the best ways to reach an audience and. Um, it's a great advertising platform. It'll be interesting to see where TikTok is over the next, you know, five years or so. Right. And, and you know, it's funny too, because I used Vero for a little while and, and it never, it never, it, would, it used to be advertising like the Wall Street Journal and whatnot. And um, I think it was Business Insider or something and it never took off. It never, it never materialized into what TikTok is. So Nice. So tell me a little bit about the next generation of contractors and operators, what role do they play in social media and construction and how that relationship evolves? If I was to make a prediction, I would just dare to say we're just trending towards like a European, like wet hire, Mm -hmm. you know, you have some guy, you know, an entrepreneur go out, he's in business for himself and, um, as a wheeled excavator with some multiple attachments and he goes out and he does a job for the day. And, and you know, that's, that's his, that's his gig. Mm-hmm. I think we're trending towards that type of a market. So I've actually I've got a little toy I've been building the last couple of months in that direction. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's kind of what the market we're headed in, you know, just mm-hmm. that makes sense. To, to the world we live in today. I mean, I, I whip open my laptop. I can take a credit card payment for a piece of equipment sitting in front of me and anywhere in the world. And it just, okay. Yeah. It, right off your expenses. Every, you know, the, a minute later with a sp- expensify and QuickBooks online, you know, you could just keep going on to what, you know, if a guy had one machine with a laptop set in it and he's in business, you know, <laughs> the world we live in today. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so, you know, Massachusetts has, you know, some really strict operating laws as far as licensing goes. I think you're going to see, you know, as far as right now, we have to get licensed. I think it's every two years and it's different classes for different specific pieces of equipment. But I think you're going to see, you know, some sort of implementation of insurance against your license, you know, which mm-hmm. will segregate the market a little bit from, you know, people that maybe shouldn't be renting or operating to, you know, that all of a sudden this guy's an entrepreneur in the business because he's got the license and a laptop and a machine. So, right. you know, I, that's just my prediction. That's what I see out of it. Um, mm-hmm. that's where I think the market's headed. So I think that's interesting. I think we should, we should definitely have a second discussion with you on this podcast where we dive into that a little bit deeper. Cause I think there's a lot there to, to explore as well. Right. I mean, even if a guy was going to say, you know, he had all the licenses and, and the insurance and he just needed to rent the machine up dozer for the day and he did his own job. I mean, is, you know, what kind of entrepreneurship direction are we headed in? You know, mm-hmm. I watched this, I, you know, I read a lot 
But one of the things that I had read like two or three years ago was by, I could be totally wrong with the statistic, but it was, it was something relevant that by 2023, you know, 60 or 70% of the population would be self-employed. So, you know, where, where is that headed? And then, you know, the last couple of years, you know, guys like Gary Vee have done nothing but just exploit, you know, entrepreneurship and it's this new trend and you know you have this abundance of kids that went to college that are saying what do i need this for you know what what now entrepreneurship's cool you know and it's yeah it's it's that i think we're headed towards that toward that type of market you know where where it's trending it's 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 the cool thing to do and i think that you know it can be implemented into the construction industry and that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i agree I think before, um, before we sign off, cause there's so much more here, there's definitely a second interview here. We'd love to do with you. Do you have any advice for someone in the industry that's looking to use social media for their business? Any, any advice for them on how to get started? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Just whatever you want to attract, that's what you should post. You, you should portray that, you know, so it's, that's, it works out relevant. So if, if you find something you really love to do or what, you know, whether that's personal or business, then you should portray that on social media and that's what it'll track back. Mm-hmm. You know? so I, think I like that. that authenticity. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's an important tool. You know, it's just, that's a philosophy of life and business. So <laughs> that's the way to do it for sure. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to put out is what you're going to get back. So <laughs> social media is a great tool for that. I agree. Okay, I think we uh, I think we definitely need to have you back. There's a ton of stuff we need to dive into here. But touch the tip of it. I know I could get into into all sorts of subjects, but yeah, yeah. this was really good though. I think it's great to hear how you're using social media and how we could how we can start to implement it a little bit more. And there's there's a whole lot of stuff around equipment auctions that I would love to dive into a little bit more sometime and. Right. I know we're following you on social media and we're loving what you're posting and I can't wait to, uh, to keep following you and, and see what you're up to down the road. Definitely. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for joining us today. It was a pleasure talking to you. You as well. Hope Have a soon. great day. Stay safe. Yeah. I guess. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you'd like to read more about the construction tech industry, check out the Dozer Hub at dozer.com blog. Follow us on Instagram at dozerhub for the latest news in the industry and follow our blogs and podcasts through the Dirt Stories hashtag on social media. Want to be featured on the podcast? Contact us via social media or at dozer.com blog if you or someone you know has a dirt story to share. Today's episode was sponsored and produced by Dozer, the world's first e-commerce solution for heavy equipment rentals. Visit dozer.com to learn more. Once again, I'm Becca Grieb, and I'll catch y'all on the flip side. See you later, guys.